Starting, uh, starting in Tosh Pei Tess in 1929, the Rebbe started keeping a uh, diary of sorts where he would write things that happened with the Friedrich Rebbe as well as Chedush HaTayra. These are known as the Rishimis. One of the most famous portions of the Rishimis is a fascinating Chativa uh, Bifnei Atma, it's a standalone uh, thing. It's printed in a book like this called Rishimas Hamanoira. What happened basically here is as follows. It seems like there was a chassid in Poland by the last name of Shmotkin, and he, he had a shaila in Nigla about the Menoira in the Beis Hamikdash. What was the Seder and how it was lit? What was the first candle? What was the second candle? There's different shittas, and it's not so clear. So he asked the Rebbe to get some clarity on this issue, and the Rebbe wrote a letter to him explaining. It seems that the Fidik Rebbe would send people who had these types of questions, would say, to ask the Edom. And so he wrote. Kinnida, the Fidik Rebbe, saw the response, or heard about the response, and it was his pilot. And so the Fidik Rebbe wrote a letter to the Rebbe, and we have the letter. The letter is from, I think, other time, Tafri Sadiq, 1939. And uh, the Rebbe was in France uh, at the time. The Fidik Rebbe was in Varsha. And the Fidik Rebbe writes that can you please write up what you did to Rabbi Shmatkin, but it should be the whole thing, with the Gansa Arichis, also Alpi Kabbalah, Chesidus Akhlali, and Chesidus Chabad, the whole package. And uh, the Rebbe started writing it, and then it stopped. The Rebbe didn't finish it. We don't know exactly why, maybe it had to do with World War II, maybe not, the Rebbe didn't finish it. And uh, it stayed like this. Some elements of the Rishimis, the Rebbe sheared later, during the Nesiyas, in uh, Sichis, would come out. For example, a lot of the stories that he heard from the Fidik Rebbe, which he wrote into the diary, he shared later by Fabrenim. People didn't know exactly what the source was, but later we found out it's from the Rishimis. Even some Torah ideas are later you have much more developed in Lakuta Sichis or in the Sichis. But this is, I, I didn't look at everything, but from what I know, the material here didn't make a big... Uh, didn't make it into the Kutusichis. And the way it basically works here is that the Rebbe starts off going with the Nigla, Pashar understanding what's the Shitta, the Rambam, and uh, the, this, uh, the, all the different Shittas and interpretation. First is pure Pashar Nigla, and going through the sources of Nigla, and then at the end it's a, it goes into the Menorah al Derech Hadrush. So it's all mostly based on the Menorah, and, um, and the second half is where he goes into like the lessons that we can learn in life from the different shittas. And what the Rebbe does is he gets... It's not, what happens is, it's not such an easy limud. Because you have to learn the machlaikas, you have to understand what they're arguing about, and within the machlaikas there's a second machlaikas. And then, all four shittas have a Iran, a Vedas it's not, it's not the easiest type of limud. The reality is that there's... Uh, that, that, I don't know, in my experience it doesn't get learned. Uh, does, this hasn't yet learned a lot. This week's Parsha is Truma, and we're learning about the Menorah, we're learning about the Arden, and all the Kalim and the Mishkan. I figured it's a good time to give a little bit of a, a taste, a taste of what the full thing looks like. We're going to focus more on the Drush at the end, rather than on the, the different Shittas in the Halacha. Uh, so, but rather than, than learning straight from the text, I decided to reorganize it as you'll see in, in, in the traditional way, in the way we do it here on uh, Tuesday evening. Okay, so the starting point is the following machloikas in Menachis. The Gemara in Menachis has a discussion about the, uh, how the, the kalim in the, in the Heichal were stationed. Tanu Rabbanan, Shteitin Breise. Mizrach umayrev hoyu menachim. The... The concept, what it's talking about here is the base Hamitosh that Shloim HaMelech built. Shloim HaMelech didn't build one Shulchan, he built ten. He didn't build one Menorah, he built ten. That's how they were put into the Heichol. So it says over here, Mizrach, Umayriv, Hoyu Menachim. They were from east to west. So what's that they were from east to west? I'll use a safer. But here you have, this is, this is the, the base Hamitosh, or the Mishkan. You come in from over here, this is Mizrach. This, the Kodesh HaKadoshim is over here. This is Maidus. So east to west means that it was going this way. Not this way. This would be Tzof and Dorim. It was going this way. So all these Shulchanites were like this. Okay. What did he make ten? ten he, he made ten tables. Why? Shalai Mamelech made ten tables. 
the Gemara discusses why I didn't I didn't bother to look into what the chesed is. So it would seem it would seem that he has to make room. I don't know if they were lined this way or that way, but the Nkoda is the orientation was like this. Divrei Rebbe, this is Rebbe. The people are going to be very important. Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, this is the shita of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. Rabbi Lazar Ben Shimon Then you have a Lazar Ben Shimon. This is the son of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, his son, the one who hid with him in the tent in the cave. That's Rabbi Lazar Ben Shimon. Says no, no, no. The tables were softened on him. That means like this. Okay, we're going to be saying the words Mizrach Ma'ariv and softened on him. This and like this, we're going to say it a hundred times in the next hour. This is what it's all about. My time at the Rebbe. What's the reason for Rebbe who says it was like uh, says it was like this? He says because he derives it from the Menorah. Just like the Menorah over here was Mizrachomayrev in the same way. So that's why the Shulchan's daimet to the Menorah. So both of them are in this orientation, which means the candles you're lighting one, two, three, four, five, six, right? That is Mizrachomayrev how you monach. But my how come Rabbi Lazar ben Shimon holds that the Shulchan was in the other direction, like this? Gomar may Odin. He learns from about the Odin. Ma Odin Safan. The Dara Mahani Nami Safan Dara. What does that mean? In the Koyza Shakadashim, you had the Odin. The Odin was like this. So because the Odin was like this, so therefore he says the Shulchan matches the, the, the that. Fine. The Rebbe Nami Legomar Ma Odin. So, Ebazoi, why doesn't Rebbe? Say the Shulchan. Rebbe says like this. Why don't he say like this? Learning it from the Aron. And for the Gemara, Don in Chutz Me Chutz, Vein Don in Chutz We learn that the Shulchan was like this, similar to the Menorah, because it makes sense. They're in the same room. Don't tell me you learned this from here. This is a separate room, a different level in Tusha. It's not the way to uh, to, to 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 derive. Correct the Gemara, but Rabbi Lazar Ben Shimon Ligamer Menorah. Oh, one second. Rabbi Lazar Ben Shimon, who says it's like this, why? Because he derives it from the Arun. Why not say that the Menorah is this way? And for the Gemara, Amalach, he holds Menorah Gufasav and Daranach. He holds the Menorah. was like this. And so, therefore, in summary, we just learned the Shtukal Gemara. And according to. Huh? There's a third one, the Mizveach, which is right when you come in. Let's not, we're, we're not, it's not going to be part of the discussion, like a segel, yeah. But we're not going to include that in the discussion. Uh, the Rebbe actually talks about the Avodah of the Mizbech. Even though most, most is about the Menorah, he gets into a little bit about the Mizbech, but that's not going to be our focus now. So according to Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon, this is the orientation of Arin Shulchan Menorah. I don't know exactly what the, the, could, could be like this. I don't know. I'm not there. But the point is, he had an orientation like this. According to Rebbe, that's right. Okay. Fine. Good. So The Rebbe learns that... We do a character analysis of these two individuals, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, Rabbi, and Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. And if we understand what types of people these were, what roles they played in Jewish life, what their values were, and what they advocated, then we can understand why they held this. That's where the Rebbe is going. So the Rebbe writes like this. Here's our first selection from the Rabbi Shimon So after Rebbe, There are two types of great Jews. They're both great, but they're great in different ways. First, you have Rashi Alpha Yisrael, the leaders of the people, Asher Yisom, who carry along the Jews, Kasher Yisom, like a nurse carries the baby, to give them all their needs, the smaller ones and the bigger ones, the chiefs, the riffraff, this is the Rebbe's borrowing biblical language about Moshe Rabbeinu, the Nafi Adoir, who takes care of everyone, who provides everything for everyone. That's one type of leader. Then you have a second type of leader, Vanoshim Bnei Aliyah. Then you have that Loshim of the Bnei Aliyah, the prodigies, the unique people. They're not supporting the people, they tra- they're above the people. Um on their path, which is only for special people. They go up and they ascend in their own path. In other words, the elite. The elite. They're also daily Israel. The elites are daily Israel. But these are, uh, they're not the norm. They're not part of the norm. Okay, they're very different from the norm. That's what makes them great. This is the difference between Rabbi and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And as you're going to see, it's going to upspiegel in in how you understand the Caliph. 
What? Rebbe? What Rebbe? Rebbe was the Nasi. What does that mean? The Rebbe was the Nasi. So, two things. First of all, the Sanhedrin was the body, ultimately without a king. What was the, the office, the highest office, was the Rosh of the Sanhedrin. Rebbe was the Nasi, the Rosh of the Sanhedrin. So in that way, he was the leader of the Jewish people. In addition to that, as well known, he had uh, warm relations with the Roman authorities who were occupying Israel at the time. And in that way, he was uh, his mamash, uh, the Nasi Adar. For the elites, for everyone. The Rebbe is going to show Gemaris. The Rebbe is going to quote. You see, Rebbe is there for everyone. Rebbe Laza ben Shimon never had that office. He never was a Nasi. In fact, he was an elitist. You're going to see, he separated himself from the people. Okay. So let's see the sources. So the Rebbe brings all these sources here. It's a Rambam, it's a Gemara. I only brought these sources if the Rebbe brings what very big kitzer. Mamish and the Rishim the Rebbe elusive in three words. And then in the bottom, they made a footnote so that you understand what's happening. So that's why I put the, I put the source here on this thing. So the first thing, Benegir, Abihud Anasi, the Rebbe learned, brings from Akdama, the Mishnah Torah. What is Lama, Sarabin Akadish, but Kachola, and Yechadabra Kamashaya, the Rambam in the Akdama to Mishnah Torah wants to know why he wrote the Mishnah. Why not leave it Balpeh the way it was before? And he writes, students were becoming less. New persecutions were coming. Second century, beginning of the third century, the common era. The Romans, they're all over the place. At that time, it was the, zenith, uh, the height of their, uh, of their rulership. The Jews are rolling all over the place, going to the far ends of the earth. He needed to write down Tereshu, but Talpes, Achiber, Chibor, Echa, Lihais, Biyat Kulam. I made the words here, Biyat Kulam, bold, because I believe that's what the Rebbe wants to stress. There's the everybody, there's the inclusiveness, there's the Chibor for Biyat Kulam. They should be able to learn it quickly without forgetting it. Then the Rambab continues, Yashav Kol Yomav Hu Beisdinai, the Limeid Hamishnah Berabin. For everyone. So not, not only for the Talmud Chacham. Limeid Hamishnah Berabin. You see over here, um, Rebbe is thinking about the Jewish people as a, as a whole, and he's thinking about everyone, he's writing something for everyone, he's teaching it for everyone. That's the first thing that Rebbe cites. Then the Rebbe cites this interesting Gemara from Baba Basir. He opened uh, treasures, meaning storehouses, in the years of a hunger. There was a hunger in Eretz Yisrael sometime in the Tkuf of Rabbi Yudha Nasi. People needed food. He, had, he opened storehouses. Omar, he said, Yichnesu Bali Mikra. Whoever knows how to read Torah could come. If you're Bali Mishnah, you could come. Bali Gemara, you know Gemara, you come. And you ask, Gemara, the Gemara wasn't written yet. What's that Bali Gemara? Yeah? So what's the answer? You want ah, to Gemara is not a safer. Gemara is a methodology. By the way, if you did the earlier class, if you remember about the Gemara, it's not Gemara, it was Talmud here. Mm-hmm. What's Talmud? Talmud is Lahoven Dover Metoch Dover. It's a methodology of learning. Mishnah also, Ladaske is a book. It's also, Mishnah means to repeat. It's a methodology of learning. And that is the Mesoira, succinct, short, repeat it, learn about Pet. That's Mishnah. And then Gemara means the people who were expert at Lahoven Dover Metoch Dover. They could analyze the teaching and figure out. You know, what, what are the implications of that? Bale Alocha, you know, the Paskin, you come. Bale Agodav, you know, the Midrashim, you can come. Avol the rift, uh, the regular people of the land, the people who don't know how to learn, they're not allowed to come to get food. Okay, now, it's a little interesting when he's not giving the people food where they're supposed to start because Amaratim. It's actually interesting that this Oitzris were not public Oitzris. So our version of the Gemara, this I just happened because I became interested recently in the different Gersois, and uh, there's an easy way to check it up now. Um, it, it's his own personal oitzis. Uh, it's his own personal uh, thing. And you can make an argument that there wasn't enough for everyone anyway. This is not public uh, food. The, the other versions of the Gemara say oitzroi, or oitzrei. All of the manuscripts have it, the early prints of the Gemara. And this is a chiddush of the later matpisim, uh, where they dropped the... Uh, things. I think that just changed the tone of it, given that it was his own personal uh, thing. Anyway, so he says only those people. who was a rebbe, he had smicha, he has a rebbe, so obviously he was all of the above. The nichnasin went in to get food. Amalai, and he said, Rebbe Parnasini, Rebbe, give me food. Amalai, Bini, he didn't recognize him. He said, My son, Karisa, do you know how to read Torah? Amalai, Lav, no. Shanisa, do you know how to do Mishnah? Amalai, Lav. In came Bamara so how can I support you? Like a dog and a raven. In other words, why should I be any worse than give me food? So Parnasai, he gave him. 
Bafer the Nafik, after this boy left, or this man left, Yosef Rebbe become a star of Amr, so Rebbe was upset. And he said, Oily Shanasati Pitil Amaret. In other words, I didn't make the right call. I gave my food to an Amaret. His emotions, it seems, got the better of him, really. Intellectually, he knew he shouldn't give his Mayad Rahmanit, and now he had Kharata. He said, Shimon, he had a son named Shimon. Yes, there's a lot of Shimons that are going on at this time. Generally speaking, from the Hashmanoim and onward, because one of the boys was Shimon, he had a lot of Shimons in the end of the Bayashani and thereafter. So, Shimon says, Maybe it's your Talmud. And I, he, he, he's hiding because he doesn't want his taita to get him food. He had this thing. The daily Israel didn't want that they're, to make money off their taita. Chas Shalom is big as shit. This machlekes the Rambam, whatever. So this is uh, one of those sources. He doesn't want to say though because I learned taita, therefore I'm getting food. Then he turns his taita becomes a tool for parnasa. He doesn't want his taita to turn into a tool. Maybe that's what happened. But Kuba Ashkach they investigated and found that's him. Amar Rebbe said, Rebbe said, everyone should come. Everyone could come get food. When he saw that, he said, everyone can come get food. Rebbe Litamei, what was Rebbe thinking Lechatchila, not giving food to Hamaratim? To Hamaratim, because Rebbe held, ain't put on his balaylam, ele bishol hamaratim. So hunger only happened because of them. So if the hunger happened because of them, so therefore, they don't deserve the, the, to have the food. The Rebbe, as much as this story sounds like it's elitist, sounds like, no, Hamaratim are not getting food. But the Rebbe learned here for two reasons, that no, it's not. The Pathetish we see here, Rebbe providing for all. How does he be providing for all? First of all, at the end of the day, de facto, he gave everyone. Number one. Number one. Number two, number two, the reason he didn't lechatchile is not because he doesn't want, it's because of a technicality. That's the way that Rebbe learns. It's because of a technicality. Because in this case, this particular plague, not plague, hunger, is, is a result of the Amin Aratim, so therefore I'm not going to provide for you. But other than that factor, I would have. So therefore, what do you see from here? Rebbe provides for all. This is Rebbe's Medayik in number five. He's worried about every for all the people. At the end of the day, at the end of the story, he let everyone in. Even in the beginning, he didn't say they shouldn't come in. The only reason is because of that technical technicality. These are the two proof texts that the Rebbe brings to demonstrate the character of Rebbe. Now, on the other hand, you have Rebbe Lazar Bidabshim. Who has the other view? So we're going to see over here elements of him being separated from the people, not caring about the people, demanding a very high level, that type of more, much more of a Shammai style approach. So here are the sources that the Rebbe brings in this regard. First up is from Bab Metzia, that Pei Dalid, that says as follows Shalach Rebbe Ledaber Ishtoi. Rebbe sent a messenger to speak to the wife of Rebbe Lazar Bid Rebbe Lazar Bid had passed away. And now his wife, Sanamana, Rebbe was thinking, Afshir Ashidach. Remember, at this time, a person could be married to more than one wife. If you, so maybe Rebbe presumably was married, but maybe he thought that he should marry Rebbe Lazar of Shimon's wife. So Shochalei, she responded back, A vessel that was used by holiness, my husband, should be used uh, by you. Uh, that's a strong uh, language to use to Rebbe. That's the version she's saying on herself that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, it's a metaphor, right? So maybe we shouldn't get carried away with the metaphor, but yeah. All right, Tamon Omrin, this is the version the way it was said in Bava, the story. But Tamon Darton, in Eretz Yisrael, they have a different version of what she sent back. But Asar Damari Besa Talizaina, in a place where the master of the home hangs his, um, his, uh, his, um, um, oh, uh, so, uh, yeah, his, uh, his, his, his sword. So, Kulba Raya, Kul Seitla, Kulba is like a, a plane, Raya, a shepherd, Kul is like his basket, Tla is going to hang. In other words, where the, where the putt puts his rifle, the little cheap uh, shepherd is going to come and put his little basket, it's pasnish. This is what she responds to Rebbe. Shalach la. So he responds back, and he the potato golden many true, and Tidy was greater than he. Avo but mice and toivim he golden my many. Mice and toivim he's not better than me. I'm pretty good when it comes to mice and toivim. Especially. Oh, me golden my many. Yeah, is he better than me? Okay. Who's bigger than me? No, I'm not sure actually. Not you. It could be Tiden. Yeah, I don't think. I'm not sure. 
That's a good question. How do you read that? I think, I don't know. Shalchalei, she wrote back, About Torah, if he's greater than you, I don't have an opinion on that. But Maisim Yadana, Maisim, I know that he's greater than you, he took on Yisurim, the Gemara over there, is talking about this. Okay, what's the bottom line here? The bottom line is, Rebbe is admitting that when it comes to Torah, Rebbe, we know, is a great scholar. He's the author of the Mishnah. For him to say and for him to admit that Shimon ben Elazar was greater than him in Torah is obviously telling us that we're dealing here with a person whose character is, uh, is, is not the norm. There, that's uh, number one. Number two, Gemara and Sukkot says as follows. It's quoted in Tanya, so it's a famous passage. Omar Rabbi I've seen the elites. They mu'atin, there are very few of them. Imalafain, if there's a thousand, then I'm, myself and my son are included. Imayahain, if there's a hundred, same thing, ani uvni mehen. ani uvni It almost sounds like the thousand and the hundred is there to just give you the punch for the last two. The nukuda is, imshnaimheim, ani uvni But if you just say it that, no, it sounds better. It's like thousand, hundred, and then atkalekach. These two. So what, now all of a sudden, we're dealing with a serious Bnei Aliyah person, Reb Shimon, Reb Lazar Reb Which brings us to uh, the, next, uh, the next Gemara. Here we're going to see, in this, in this passage, we're going to see that Reb Lazar Reb had no patience for people who were misbehaving. Pashat, no, you're misbehaving, you didn't deserve to live. You lost your right to life if you're misbehaving. Where do you see that? Reb Lazar Reb Shimon, Ashkach Lahu, Paharguna, he found, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala found a certain person who was, his office was titled Parguna, and his job was to catch the thieves and to hand them over to the Romans. Amalei, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, How do you know, maybe when the people that you're hopping, based on whatever method you are using, maybe you're cap- capturing righteous people that are completely innocent, right? Any judicial system, by definition, catches some righteous people. It's one of the big problems of any justice system. There is inevitably going to be some people who are innocent and they're going to be put away. They're going to be killed, whatever it is. So this is the problem. I'm sure asking him, how do you navigate this dilemma? So Amar Leomaya, what am I supposed to do? You want me to drop the job? Herman of the Malku. It's uh, the emperor's decree. I need to do this job. It's not a, a choice. I was drafted into this. This was the position I was given. So what do you want me to do? Omar, said, I'll show you how to do an FBI investigation. This is how it works. You go on the fourth hour of the day, right at the time of Seizman Tzvila, you go to the Chanusa, the Chanusa shop. You see people there drinking wine. And if he has a cup in his hand, now you know you have a problem. At the fourth hour of the day, falling asleep with a cup of wine in your hand, now it's very suspicious. Except for, surely, Lord, you need to ask. If he's a rabbinic scholar, Vinayam and he's sleeping, it's because he got up early. He went to the Daf Yoimi Shir at 5 o'clock, and now he's already four hours in. He got Mashach, whatever, and now he went for a nice cu- cu- a cup of wine. That's why he's falling asleep. He's not a criminal. Don't arrest him. If he's a poil who wakes up at dawn to work in a field or whatever, he woke up early that day to do his work also, you know, whatever. And then he gives one other thing that was too technical, so I took it out. The lie, and if he's not any of these, then because he's falling asleep in the bar four, uh, four hours into the day, then you know, Ganvahu Tafse, he's a Ganav, you should for sure take him. Take him away. All right? Looks like he was having a lot of success. All of a sudden, this, uh, this, new, this uh, police officer is, 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 is bringing in a lot of people. So the, the word went up the chain. Amru, and they said, the famous Talmudic line, Krana, the Irgesa, Iu Lehevi Peravanka. The person who dictated the letter, he's the one who should deliver it. And so therefore, Rabbi Lazar the great scholar, the elitist scholar, the one of the Rebbe says there's no one like him, the Bnei Aliyah, he gets drafted into the police force. Now we know at the time there was a draft. Romans would force you into different types of services. There was tax collectors, there was military, there was police, there was judges. There were many different things that Jews could be forced into. And it looks like he was brought into He now got into the business of hopping Ganov. This is what he's doing. Another great Tana of that generation of Shoban Karcha sends a message to Rabbi Lazar and he says, 
That is a great expression. Vinegar the son of wine, meaning your father was. The Tata's going to Epis. The Musa Garnish. Chaimit Vinyayin. That's what he's saying. The Ad Mosayata Moiser Amoy Shalalekenalariga. How long is this going on? You're giving the Jewish people, the Ganofim was catching reason, giving, you're giving over Jews to getting killed. The Romans, they, they killed them. Shalach what's his answer going to be? He could answer, I was forced into this. I no, he answers, I am taking the thorns out of the vineyard. In other words, I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is the right work. This is the good work. I'm fighting the good fight. Shalach Sreb Shob and Karcha responded back with another very famous line, uh, Let the vintner come and take uh, the thorns out. In other words, this is not your business. You don't need to do uh, this type of thing. Bottom line is that Rebbe brings this, that Rebbe presents this, together with the other two pieces of data that we have so far. Great, the biggest Talmud Chacham, Bnei Aliyah, and no patience for the riffraff, no patience for the ganovim. If you're stealing, you're not living a life that's a Torah, a mitzvah, uh, ethical life, you don't really have business being alive, in his uh, perception. The Rebbe brings that next. That's the next. I, I reorganize. Yeah. Then the Rebbe goes like this. Forget, before you get to coming out of the cave, the Rebbe says in 9, You see how much of a parish he was. He went into the cave for 13 years. He didn't need to hide. His father needed to hide. So his father in Indian Gadet could say, wasn't on a level of being in a cave for 13 years. Never then. He didn't have a choice. He had to be there. His mother sent him there. So he was there. He's there by choice. The only one who's there by choice is Rav Shimon. The only one in history who could say that he lived in a cave with no clothes for 13 years and it was by choice learning Torah the entire time is Rebbe Lazar and Shimon. So that also goes to show how much of a, what type of person we're talking about. And then the Rebbe brings... Oh, then the Rebbe brings the destroying thing. Here's at the Gemara number 10 where it says when they came out, I'll just summarize outside what it says here. They saw people who were plowing and planting and they said, it actually says Omar. It's really interesting. I didn't check the different Gersois here. But it says Omar. He said. So who's the one who said? Is it Rabshim Bayechai or is it his son? Because they're both of them coming out together. Tenet says, They looked and they, they created this, this colossal iron horror of like just destroying things with their, uh, with their eyes. Okay, I said I'm not reading it inside. Anyway, they have to go back into the cave and they come out. Now what happens when they come out? Go to the next column. Here you have a massive called Hechadava Even after the 13th year, even after realizing round one that they weren't good. It wasn't Bethesda. David sure doesn't want to destroy. Rabbi Lazar is still destroyed. Rabbi Shimon, the one who's older, Rabbi Shimon, the one who's older, the father, he's the one who's rectifying, who's fixing. Only me and you. In other words, Rabbi Lazar Shimon doesn't get it. Rabbi Shimon gets it. Lazar Shimon doesn't get it. Now, in this Gemara, they said, what's this business of Manichin Chai Oilam and Torah to be Oiskin V'chai Yishah? Rashi says, well, okay, how are you going to eat? Rashi says, how are you going to eat? So Rashi, in 11, the Oiskin V'chai Yishah, that's how they know him. The Goyim are going to work for you. Because God is going to give out food to the people who follow him. I think what Rashi means is, if you're Oisei Ditsainai, the Ebesher is going to make that Goyim are going to do the work for you until you can sit and learn Torah all day. Where is Rashi getting that from? The Gemara and Brachas. This is the last piece of this part of the, of the analysis. Ah? He also just lived like that for 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the Gemara. It's a fascinating Gemara. So let's read number 12. It says in you should gather your grain. What does it tell you need to tell you to gather your grain? You do that because you want to do it. You don't, well, why is it Torah telling you that you should? It's not that you should gather your grain. It's, and you will gather your grain. It's a bracha for the Ebeshe if you listen. Okay, but we're on a drash level right now. So the answer is, because it says in Yeshua, Torah should always be on your lips. You can think that it's literal. Therefore it says, that you should gather your grain, which means, you should be normal. You should act in the way of the world. You should have a job. This is what Rabbi Shmuel said. 
Having a job, the tarnished. Look what he says. If you're going to plow during plow season, and so during the planting season, and then harvest, I'm not going to pretend like I know all these things. And you wait for the wind to do the, the winnowing. So, this is a famous line. What's the time You're busy all year, basically. If you're following the agricultural cycles. Okay, so you shouldn't work. So what's the, what's the, what's the solution? Because we're doing the right thing. Other people are going to do it. Like it says, Other people are going to get up and they're going to be, be the shepherds for your uh, sheep. That's when Malach Nasa they ask, and then you have to do your work. That's where it tells us It's a pelt. Why? What does the pasuk say? Right. And what does the pasuk say? Then you're gonna have us after the ganach. Okay, all the mafarshim ask this shayla. It's not our topic today. Okay, the loyoy. Not only you're gonna have to work yourself. You're gonna have to work for other people. You're gonna be slaves for your enemies. Okay. You have a machlokes. You have a machlokes. Two views. Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai discussing this. The same school. They lived in the same kufa. This is Rabbi Shimon is a Talmud. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shmuel, this is the one who argues often with Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Shimon is a Talmud of Rabbi Kiva. It's that generation. What's the argument you see here? One is basically asking for a miraculous type of existence and says it's shaykh, it's possible. We just need to try. And, and if we do this, then he'll take care of everything. And you really don't need to work. And Rabbi Shmuel says, Nishazai. Okay, Omar Rabbi, do we get a Psaks and Amaroyim? Harbay also could Rabbi Shmuel, but also the Yodan. Many perfect people try doing Rabbi Yishmael's model. Which is what? A job? Mit! Obviously, uh, in addition, but you're having a job. A lot of people try like Rabbi It didn't work. So in other words, we did a trial. We wanted to see. Is it going to work? It didn't work. Abai is telling us that the way to go is Rabbi Yishmael's model. And in one of the six that Rabbi spoke about this, that Rabbi said, throughout Jewish history, the reality is, the vast majority of Jews in all generations, no matter where they lived, had to follow Rabbi Shmuel and not Rabbi Shmuel. And therefore, it must be that there's a tachlis, there's a kavana in Rabbi Shmuel's model that's not achieved by Rabbi Shimon's uh, uh, model, but that's not, again, that's also not so much our discussion right now. What do you see from this Gemara? The Rebbe brings this Gemara too in this conversation. Although Rabbi Lazar Bar Shimon is not mentioned here, but we know he's his father on steroids. Where do you see that from? He said it from the last. You see that from the last uh, Gemara, right? So there's no doubt that he says everything here, maybe even more extreme. Maybe even more extreme. So therefore, we could definitely throw this into the mix and just paint a picture, a bio, a profile of Rabbi Elizabeth of Shimon, and you put this here, and, and, and who do the masses follow? The Harbe? Rebbe is concerned about the Harbe. The Harbe doesn't uh, work, according to Rabbi Shimon. But you know something? He may say, I don't care about the Harbe. Because that's not his avoidance in life. wasn't to care about the Harbei, as we're going to see. He was an elitist. He, he wanted to find the Iluyim. And he wanted to raise those Iluyim up. And that was basically his avoidance in life. It didn't reflect the reality for the Harbei. That's Rabbi Yehuda Nasi Jabba. Nasi Yisrael thinks about everyone. Thinks about the big picture. And these are the two differences that we had. So in summary, Elizabeth of Shimon is a very high level. Very demanding. Demands that of the few others who could maybe achieve it. And he wants them to be head and shoulders above everybody else. That's the type of person that he is. That's the type of yeshiva he ran. Rabbi Yudanasi is the person who cares about all Jews. Meeting them where they are. Obviously to raise them up. But each one, lefi shiure delay. Now we're going to see. The Rebbe is going to say that this all comes back to the forks that are here. And I don't want to do it on the safer. Now we're just going to do it on the table uh, like this. That what? Sorry. So, so what did we see before? We saw Machlokes. Everyone agrees the Oren is like this, and the Kodesh Hakadoshim. The Shaila is what's with the Shulchan and the Menorah Mizbeach. We're not talking about right now. And we had Rebbe saying that they go like this. Rebbe, the person who's saying, "I'm for everyone. I'm for everyone." Big tent. That's the political word. A big tent party. He, everyone. So if you're everyone. Your Menorah and your, and your Shulchan are looking like this. If you're Rebbe Lazar of Shimon, 
You're for the elite. You're milayin on your shulchan. I don't look like. So let's see how the Rebbe develops this idea. Go to thirteen. When it comes to serving the Eibush, there there are two general categories. There's avodas hamayach va'aseichu, and there's avodas halev va'haregesh. There's brains and there's hearts. Okay. Vichilukam. What's the difference? Avodas hamayach u'b'moicha v'sichla. Brains means you're using your seichel, intellect. Uvamela, as a result, lav kol echad mesugo lavoid azu al taklisa. Not everyone, when it comes to serving God with brains, not everyone is able to do it al taklisa. Al taklisa is an important word here. Because everyone could do it a little. But to say, I did, I did it sumzach, not everyone could say when it comes to brains, I did it sumzach. Everyone's chayv in, 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 in using their brain for God. At the end of the day, you're a human being. And a human being has seichel. You've got to use it. And what does this mean in daily life? Learning nikla and learning nister. We said before, everyone is obligated in learning Torah. Some people, their mind isn't just ready. They're not prepared. And the Rebbe then quotes a medrash, which is a little depressing. And it says that a thousand people come to learn uh, Mikra. From them, I don't remember the numbers. But from then it says, Hamesh Meyoyz go on to learn Gemara. And from the Hamesh Meyoyz to learn Gemara, then it's a hundred. And then to Hayrah. It's echad From the thousand, initial pool of a thousand, you lost every stage, you lose some. The one who comes out and actually doing a ra is only one. What do you see from here? You see that when it comes to avodas hamoyach, it's not for everyone. Everyone has a chiv to learn, but to say tachlisa, that's not, uh, that's not for everyone. On the other hand, you have, the Rebbe continues, avodas halev haregesh. You have serving God with your heart, emotions. Here, call echad ve'echad shayachoseh. Everyone. I, what about a brainy person? Doesn't matter. Every single person is shy to have an emotional relationship with God. To use it in, in, in basic uh, terms. Allah, Shane Demon, Allah said, never then. There's going to be a difference. We're not going to have the same emotional relationship with God. You may have an emotional connection that's more based in one feeling, and I may have it in another feeling, but everyone could do it. The Rebbe doesn't say it. I think he means. What you do, it could be you're doing Ava. It's Tachlisa. Doesn't mean it's the highest level of Ava, but what you're doing is a full thing. It's a full Madrega. It's a full Indian. You have many different Chilukim. And the Rebbe here brings three Rambams. Briefly, you have to, three Rambams about Ava and Yira. And if you look, each time the Rambam discusses it differently. So two times it's when you say the Antaira, one time it's Hilchas Tshuva. And so here you see, then in Ava and Yira you have different, uh, different levels. Generally speaking, when it comes to an emotional connection with God, it breaks down into seven categories. As it says in different Svarim, and the Rebbe says, where you have this uh, two. Uh, seven categories. The idea is that everyone has to figure out what his nature is, what is his teva, what is his inclination, what is his emotional disposition, and based on that, he develops an emotional connection with the Abishter. And he brings the Gemara in Shabbos that we had a few weeks ago when we were talking about horoscopes. If you're born under Mars, you're going to be a spiller of blood. Came Ravashi and said, which is a makizdom, you may be a blood letter. Blood letter. A thief. A butcher. A moil. Why is the Rebbe bringing this here? Because you see, this is obviously in an astrological context, which is not our point here. But the point, the person is created with a certain teva. And here it's being framed as a teva of Ashidama. Your job is to figure out what your teva is and then drive that toward an emotional relationship with Avishter that is not going to be as intense as the guy next to you and is not going to be Bechlal the same Mida. But you could do it and we could say when you're doing it, you're in the major league. You're in the major league. It's not like when someone who's not shy to Torah, oh, he also has to learn a little Torah. Okay. So there, he's learning it, but it's not a tachlisa. So you can do it. Everyone does a little. It's not tachlisa. It's not, it's not done sumzach. Emotional connection, everyone could do sumzach. So that is one difference. Then the Rebbe goes on to say, there's another big difference between Torah and Seichel and Midas. The first difference we just said is, could everyone, could everyone do the job? That's the first difference we said. The second is Azoy. 
The Gemara says in Brachis, the Tanya, by Dachon of Anechal of Nevanechal, Xiv Basre, Yom Asharamadah of Neashamalakah, Bahoy, says in the Pasik, tell your children. And then the next Pasik says, the day that you stood in Choyrev. What do you mean you stood? But you, 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 you weren't there. The Gemara there, Darshan, it's as if you stood just like originally the Jews were there. Dead Ema and Yira, which sounds like it means the same thing. Reses is shivering or shaking or shuckling. Uvizeya is sweating. So too that needs to happen. Uh, that needs to happen later. What do you see from here? Is there Chiluke Madregas when it comes to Torah? Is there different levels when it comes to Seichel? Yeah, of course there is. One person understands more. One person understands less. But the Rebbe is going to make an argument and say, but what's Torah all about? Torah all about is not about the intellect. When a person learns Torah, it's not about the Seichel. What is it about? It's about the experience. The Matan Torah experience. Malahalon. That's what it's all about. The Seichel is just, it's just the software that kind of gets you into the program. But the Nakuda is to experience Matan Torah. Any Yid who learns Torah... You're learning the tour, you're learning Kisvei Arizal, you're a genius, you're less than a genius. It doesn't matter. All of you are really on the same level because you're experiencing Matan Torah. I Seichel is different, who cares? The Seichel is secondary to the Matan Torah experience. You can already see where this is going. Rebbe wants to make an argument that when it comes to Chachma, Seichel is one level. There's no Chilukim. There's no it's one level. It's only for the elite. Okay, it's only for the elite, and within these elites, it's all one level. I again, I this different havonis. It's not about the havonis. So it's only for the elite, and it's one experience. The malahalam is one thing. when it comes to emotions, here number one, it's shaykh to everyone, and number two, the Rebbe just said before, there's different, very different ones. I'm ava, you're yira, and then also levels. You have levels, some people are on a higher level, some people are on a lower level. Here you have differentiation, it's much more pronounced here. And the Rebbe brings the following Gemara in Chulin to demonstrate this. In the name of Rabbi Yechanan, Godol Shanam Rabbi Meshav Aden, it says better, bigger, greater, by Meshav Aden, Yezim HaShanam Rabbi Avram. Why? By Avram it says, Anachi Afar Ve'ezer. What was his level of humility? I'm dust and ash. What are we? Not even dust and ash. So what do you see? They're both within the same ballpark of humility, but one is on the level of dust and ash, and the other one's on the level of Ich So you see difference. When it comes to Midis, you see that there's different levels. And these are the two things that we need to keep in mind as we go forward. Seichel means it's only for some. Midis means it's for all. Seichel means there's one thing happening, you're experiencing Matan Torah. Midis means there's a whole bunch of different stuff going on and different levels, higher and lower and all those types of things. And based on that, the Rebbe is going to come back to the positioning of the two different shittas and how you position the Menorah. What's the Menorah? Put the Arin aside over here. We'll come back to that later. Actually, we'll just say now. Everyone pretty much agrees that the Arin is Torah. The Arin is Torah. We'll come back to that. Shailah is, what's the Menorah? We have the Shulchan. So the Rebbe says, about the Shulchan, B'nigal the Shulchan Shalav Lachal upon him, that's the Rebbe, Mazalvei, the Sadam, B'kufa, B'chumri, Sayyidim, Shiruch, Nisuai, Ramirez, Hagashmi, Yisheikh, Munachim. What's happening here? Everyone agrees, what's the Shulchan? What's the Shulchan? The Shulchan is eating. Food. What's that? That's our physical lives. How you serve God you, with the physical things that you're doing. Your job, your hobbies, your food, your sleeping, all those things, that's the Shulchan. What's the Menorah? Ruchnius. Okay. What's Ruchnius? What Ruchnius belongs in the Heichel? So there's two possibilities. One possibility is Midas. Or one possibility is Seichel. Right? One possibility is Seteira. Or one possibility is Ava and Yira. So the Menorah is one of those two. It's a Ruchnius thing. It's light. It's oil. Oil means it's Meir the Gashmi. So for sure, it's either the Midas or it's the Moichim. Okay. The man, the Amar Tzafan Vedarum Anachas, the one who says it's Tzafan Vedarum, Azoi, the one who says they're in this orientation, Hainu, Shatoi, Fislikar, Avedis, Hamoyach, Veseichol, Torah. He thinks, you want to know what the Menorah is? Let's put the Shulchan aside. This Menorah is Torah. That's what it is. Shabachol, Oifanim, Ba'asagos, Ulimadah, Torah. No matter what level of Torah learning, 
Remember we said before, the experience is the same. It's the MS Havaya comes down into Velt, and MS is referring to Torah, which means that the truth of, of Torah's Hashem is, is what you're experiencing. We just said, no matter who it is, me, Yishiyah, Loimit Toyra's Behemoth, all the same experience. Though you're learning one topic, I'm learning another topic, you have a deep comprehension, I have a shallow comprehension, it doesn't matter. We're all doing the same thing. If the Menorah is representing Toyra, in which we're all doing the same thing, and all experiencing the same thing, that's why the menorah is this orientation and not this orientation. Imagine if the menorah is like this. Then you have different levels of holiness along this line. The closer you get to the Kedush HaKadosh, remember the Arun with the Luchas is over here. This is the holier part of the menorah. Remember there's seven candles. This is holy. Less, 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 less. But if it's Torah, what less, less, less? What less? It's all one experience. It's all modern Torah. It's all experiencing Malahalon. That's all it is. So don't tell me. And it's all one level. So don't, there's no chilukim adenegas v'chal. As a, all equal, equal distant to the luchas. All equal distant to the arin. Mashiach in Tzav v'medonim, Shekdusha Achati. That represents one Kedusha. So yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. V'zeo canal. The Bavedis HaTorah. Although there's different ifanim in, in learning Torah, it's all about the experience. It's about the experience of man Torah. And therefore, he says the menorah l'orech v'shabayis menachas. This shita says the menorah is like this. Who's this shita? Who's the one who says this? Rabbi loves a bit of Shimon. What's the love of Shimon? He's an elitist. What's the elitist? He doesn't care about everyone. Remember, this avodah of Torah, it's the same, but it's only for the same of the people who could do it at tachlisa. Not everyone could do it. Some, either you're in or you're out. Some people could do it. Many people can't do it at Taklisa. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. If you want a place in his Hegel, you want a place in his Hegel, sorry, you need to be a person of Torah. Otherwise, you don't belong in his base Hamikdash. That's Rebbe uh, bit of Shimon's uh, perspective. Aye. What about the Arden? You have the Arden. Arden is the Luchas. It's Zichas Torah. So the Rebbe learns as follows. What's the difference then between the Arden and the Benayda? Yesh Loimar, we could suggest that Emes Arden who alimud the Teiras and Umnasan. The Arden is in the Kodesh Agalashem. That's Teiras and Umnasan, and this is a little less than Teiras and Umnasan. You're still doing Torah Atachlisa, but it's not in a way where you're learning 24 hours a day. It's only 18 hours a day. So one is inside and one is outside. Oi, another option is that there inside the Kodesh Agalashem is bebitul legamri. It's my day, and here the Rebbe says a geshmak of art. What does it mean? One of the milestones of Rabbi Lezer, the famous Tana Rabbi Lezer is that he was, everyone has different skills. Some people have listening skills, memory skills, repeating skills, analysis. They're able to make an idea grow and apply. What was Rabbi Lezer's skill? He, now, he says he never said anything he didn't hear from his teachers. He only said what he heard. Oh, so what does that show? It shows on a very high level of pitfall. On the one hand, he's using a seichol, but on the other hand, he's not creating new ideas. He's not applying it to new concepts. He's only saying what he taught. That shows on a made a So the Belazar bit of Shimon would say, within elitist Torah, there's two mats of him. There's a mat of a Sinai where you're just memorizing and your mamish bittel to the earlier tradition that belongs in the Kedush Hakadoshim, and then outside the curtain, a lower madrega, but still Torah and elitist Torah is the people who make a pilpulim. And then he goes. Why is inside the Kiddush HaKadoshim Bittl? Why is that? Why should it be Bittl? It says, because look, because we're taught that the Arden also didn't take up space. The Gemara says, that if, you, that if you do the math, you could, whatever size it was, the room, before the Arden was put in, you could still measure in the room. After the Arden uh, was put in, even without measuring the space of the Arden. So you see the Arden, oh, what's that? I'm, I'm here, but I don't take up any place. Good. That's Bittl. That's Bittl. So therefore, it represents that higher level of Bittl. So either it's Tzad I'm not saying, or it's Limit and Eifin of Intense Bittl, and that's uh, the solution to the problem of how could the Menorah be Tzad If the Aran is Tzad the answer is two Madregas in Tzad Okay. The day Ashen is number 18. The second uh, Shita is, this is Rabbi Shita, Sheikir Remez HaMenorah, who Alavaydas HaRegesh Valleif. The way I would like to say, not that the Rebbe used these words, Rebbe would say, Chas v'sholem. 
Chas v'shalom. You know what the implication is if you make the menorah like this? That means Roiv, Minyan, Ubinyan, Am Yisrael don't have real estate inside the Heichel. That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. They need a representative inside the Heichel too. And therefore, it's not true. The menorah doesn't... Yeah. Ruchni Yisrael, yeah. Serving God, yeah. Holiness, yeah. And not behold the Heichel de'eyu, holiness that I ain't the Shem That's a Shulchan. Holy holiness. But holy holiness that's attainable for every single person, which is the emotional connection to God. Here, you have seven levels. And there's Zula Mazum. And here, one level is higher than the other, as we demonstrated before. You can have uh, intense uh, humility, and you can have, uh, uh, you can have regular humility. Okay, one more time. Shabakhoz Yeshu says, I am Adregis, Zula Maila Mizu, Af, and also Shakama Pratamam. There's many different details. Uchanamra Midasavoida Ahanava, as he said about humility, Golo Shanamra Bhmeshav Anam, Mashanamra Bhavram. That it's greater, but Mashan Aran we had a greater level of Anova than Avram did. Uchai Gamna Sharmid, so to every Mida. You have Chesed one level, and you have Chesed less than tenth level. So this all depends on the wake-up of the soul. We said before, what chum, your emotional connection, depends on it. So, so what intensity uh, of an emotional connection to God you're going to have depends on the makeup of the DNA of your soul. And that's what makes the Avoida uh, uh, different. From a, from a design point of view, also when you come in, when you turn that way, it's more accommodating to the person on his level. And encounter all seven, you're saying? Because here, like, it's overwhelming because you see all seven. It's, it's accommodating the person entering rather than the other way, it's to come in kind of like. I hear you. Interesting. The Menoira is going east to west, which is like this. Rabbi has his Menoira like this. And there, yeah, because Rabbi says there are differences. We're not in the ballpark. We're not Torah. We're not experiencing modern Torah with this. It's emotional connections. And one person has a higher type of uh, thing and a lower, more intense, less intense. And so the Befeidish are differences. And this is his Menorah. And this is why his Menorah is in this way. And now the Rebbe ties it all together. The Rebbe in 19 was a Nasi v Yisrael. The dog, the Chol He cares about all of the people and all their needs. That's why his menorah is this way. He holds emotions to be the most important item that belongs in the heichal. Relevant to everyone. He's from the few. He's from the elite. The special holy souls that are so different from everyone. So he holds that. What is the menorah? What is Havayda Ruchnis? In Yon is Eisek and therefore Tzafah in Vedarim, it is Munacha. Okay. He doesn't mention the fact that it has seven branches, because I mean, they're like seven minutes. Yeah, he does. Oh, you're saying Rabbi Lazar Ben of Shimon? No, no. Rebbe. Yeah, he does. Rebbe does. That we had that in. Uh, that's the seven, the concept of seven that was uh, that he referenced on the top over here. Yeah, but he didn't say clear. So he has. There's so much more here. Rebbe then goes and explains Ba'ariches. Why seven? The middle branch, the three. Which one did you light first? The wicks, which way they were facing. And all of these, within these two shittas, there are multiple shittas that have explained all this in Abba Yitzhak Hashem. It's fascinating, but you look, it's a lot of material, you have to work through it slowly. That's why I selected one chelet from this, uh, but there's a, a lot more there. I put a few more things here, and I'll summarize uh, some of these points, and then we'll conclude. Benegea uh, the Shulchan. How would Rebbe understand the Shulchan, we said before? It's actually beautiful. A regular Jew will feel very comfortable in the Heichel. He looks, he sees the Shulchan, that's him, that's his life. He has a job, he works 9 to 5, he eats 3 meals a day, he looks at the Shulchan, he says, oh, this could be L'Shem Hashem, if I do it in the right way. This could, this, this. Then he looks, he says, what about my spiritual life? He looks at the Menorah, he sees, that's me. He feels very, very comfortable, which is exactly what Rebbe wants, that he should feel comfortable in the, in, 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 in the Heichel. Okay. What about Rebbe Lazar Ben Abshim? You have to remember, Rebbe Lazar Ben Abshim, he's an elitist. So we just explained the Menorah, the Menorah, that the Menorah is what? It's all Torah. It's all one experience of modern Torah, and it's not for everyone. Okay, what's the Shulchan? The Shulchan is eating hamburgers. The L'shem Shemayim, Pashmish. So obviously, it's on another level. And remember, his Shulchan is also this way. Why? 
Why is his shulchan this way? The Rebbe explains that. Remember that Gemara we had before? What's their model? How is he going to have Parnasa? You're going to learn so much Torah that your mom is Shaisen and So automatically, automatically, the Abishur is going to create miracles and manna will fly from heaven, basically. Oh, so you don't have a separate Avoida of Gashmias. You don't have a unique Avoida of Gashmias. Your Gashmias is a din and a chalik and a part and flows out of what? Out of the Arden. So it has to mirror the Arden. Arden's in that direction. This is going to be in that direction. It's not a unique avoida. Now come back to Rebbe. Rebbe says, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's... Uh, no one goes in there. That's the coin goggles. No one goes in there. Yeah, you're eating a sandwich and it could be done the Shem Shemayim. Calm down. You know, leave it, leave it as a thing. I don't want it in the same orientation as the R&R. Uh, that's another Nikuda. That's in number 20. Uh, that comes out there. I'll conclude with one uh, final point here. But one final point is, I was wondering, why the Rebbe doesn't bring another Gemara about it also a bit of Shimon? The famous Maisa, that actually fits in beautiful. Why? Because he says, he meets the person, says, says, says how ugly you are. And there's a very famous Pirish of the Toldus Yaakov Yesu, the Talmud of Shemtis, on this Gemara. And here, that's what you have in number 24. I'll just summarize it briefly. He says, he, the Gemara describes he was coming from base Rabbi, he was coming from his uh, teacher. He was a little busy learning Torah. And um, the, the, he says, how ugly you are. Then, he comes to the city, and the people say, forgive him. He said, I don't want to forgive him. He said, I'm ugly. He said, uh, finally he forgives. He says, well, vaj shaloh yi ragil asistim. So, unfortunately, Oh, so every Tuesday is okay? He go over to someone on Tuesday and say he's ugly? That's okay? What does he mean? Vaj shaloh yi ragil asistim. asks this question. The Rebbe has the sikha on this question. The Kalei says, well, vayera. What's going on over here? It sounds like Mitzvah. So I told him, says, I'm waiting to dig up shot. He says, here you have a Yid. And he says, he connects it to the Rosh Hashanah story. He went into the cave. It's another cave story. He went into the cave, and a Galen told him, it's Rav. And he felt all proud, and he felt all good, and he came out and he saw a Yid. This Yid wasn't physically ugly, that wasn't what was happening, but he was uh, ugly, he wasn't a Torah person. And he said, how ugly you are. All the people in your place also so ugly, meaning do you live in an environment where everyone is such terrible uh, uh, people? Fine. He didn't know, the Lashem of the Taltas says, he didn't know He didn't know that there's a connection, that everyone has a connection. What Rebbe is saying is that the emotional connection, everyone in their way, everyone could have a connection, he didn't know that. He thought the only way is through Titus. He said, Mechor. He said, you're an Eka. He said, you're empty. Abazoi, he says, he says, now you can understand why the guy said, Shaloye Rogel Asiskane. Listen to the radical thing. Shaloye Rogel Asiskane to immerse yourself in Titus to such a degree. You got to stay with the people. Shaloye Rogel Mizman Lizman, you could throw yourself into a Koilo. Mizman Rogel Asiskane is not to abuse people. Vachaloye Rogel Asis came to put himself into a cave environment and in a cave mentality in where he separates himself from the Amcha. He doesn't talk to them, he doesn't know them, and so therefore he forgets that they have a different Derech and Avoy Hashem. No, Mu'urabin Abri is talk to them, Fabreng with a Pashti. Mamashi, the Toldus is talking his time, you see. It's commentary, but it's also contemporary uh, social uh, uh, stuff going on there as well, in terms of this man of the Baal Shem. Hang out, Mu'urabin Abri is. And the Gemara there says that a person shouldn't be Rach. Um, don't be kosher ke'eres, but re rach ke'kane. The Gemara there connects it with that story. What, what's he says? What's the connection? It says like this: kosher ke'eres, but pashas just means when you're when you're very rigid, you're gonna break. If you're flexible, you're a pliable personality, then you, you get along with people. You figure it out. He says a different shot. Kosher ke'eres means it's one way, like a eres uh, stuck. It's one way. This is the only way to connect David there. He says. Um, uh, if you're a reed in the wind, it's like, it's like this, and you're like this, and you're like this, and you're like this. It's the seven Kanayamanoida, all seven of these are there. Okay, so Mamish fits into the, this, this paradigm into Rabbi Lazar Ben Shimon. Um, but uh, all good stories, uh, uh, sometimes they, they don't have a happy ending. The Gemara says Rabbi Lazar Ben Shimon, our Gemara, but all of the, the obviously Rabbi Nassim says it's Rabbi Shimon Ben Lazar, uh, who is a completely different person. And all of are the manuscripts for the Bamberg Shas. Every single one and every printing all have it that way. It push it looks like it's a toss of foot, and maybe that's why it's not part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has a lot of bit of shimmin. Ours has a lot of bit of shimmin, which would have fit with the, the two models that we're talking about.
Right? Reb Shimon is Reb Shimon Bar Yechai. Allah is Reb Shimon. No, there's a different Tana. Shimon Ben Allah is a completely different person. Okay, but it still fits the vart. The attitude is completely relevant to what the Rebbe is saying. So this is a small taste of this Shimon Samadhan. And if you have the chance, flip, especially to the end, and you see how the Rebbe does this for many of the details, including the one that I boxed before. All right. Agud Chaydish.